What up, family? CTR Media Network. Yeah. Uh. Best in the biz. Yeah. Join the team. CTR is who we are, the media network, that's the best by far, whether you listen at your home, at your job, in your car, come get the information that's needed above all, never lasting, motivational podcasting, giving you the answers to the questions that you asking, serious talks and topics, how to come up and profit, how to better yourself, your health is here, we got it, reaching 350 million, they tuning in, we in 50 different countries, we all can, and like minded, find your purpose and your assignment, come get your fix, your feel, your mental alignment, get active and speak to the masses, build your influence, all levels and all classes, now you know you can monetize and grow, CTR Media Network, start the show. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tina Ramsey Show again. We have some amazing guests in store for you. It's a reason why we're doing live back to back because we have some incredible people that are going to be sharing their story, their journey with all of you and taking some time to pour into all of you. So without with, with further ado, let's go ahead and get into our next two featured guest. It is the amazing Jimmy Cameron, and he is oh, over there, you know, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where our girl at, which is Ray Moore, and he is an amazing producer. He continues to inspire, and he resonates with so many people with what he does as a producer in the musical industry. And then we also have the amazing and the epic Rita Rita Graham, she is one of the Mota Grammy Award winning NAACP for the Kennedy Center Award winner and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame member. She actually was one of Ray Charles' Raylettes. In fact, she was the only female that Ray Charles personally produced an album and released on his own record label. So without further ado, we're going to bring on these two amazing people who exemplify soulful, influential, passionate, and timeless. They captivate their audiences and they're just iconic. So let's bring them on right now. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Miss Rita and Mr. Jimmy. So welcome to the Tina Ram Show. So happy to have you here. Huh, thank you, Tina. We're happy to be here too. Yes. And so what I find that is so heartwarming with the both of you is that you have a beautiful friendship. And when you think about the music industry or even entrepreneurship in general, to have uh, ones that you can support and have community and like that, that bond of friendship, that is something incredible, especially in the music industry that lasts over decades. So could you please share with us about your friendship, Mr. Jimmy and Miss Rita, and how you guys met? <laughs> well, I was at a, uh, a play of a mutual friend of ours mm -hmm. who was going down. His name was Kirk Kirksey. He was quite a colorful person. And um, he took me to Rita's house that night after the show. And that's how we met. And from that point on, it was, as Rita says, her famous term, soul-to-soul -soul connection. Yes. And she'll explain that to you. 
But I'm Jimmy of Jimmy and Bella. This is not Bella, y'all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but she's my dear friend, and I, I just wanted to give her some uh, accolades uh, personally. So uh, it, this is her, her, her moment. I love Thank it. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you. Uh, that night, uh, that play was produced by Bill Duke and Mary Catherine Harold, who was a producer of Knott's Landing. And they had done two uh, one-hour plays not far from my house. My house was in, in Los Angeles was uh, two blocks from the L.A. County Museum. And Jimmy came in and sat down and said, hello, <laughs> hello, you know, and I, I know a lot of people have experienced that soul to soul connection where you meet somebody and that night you're friends. That's, you, they say you don't choose your friends, you recognize your friends. And I recognize them. I recognize you. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the sugar just falling all on the floor, right? Yeah. <laughs> But uh, we were two artists who congratulated um, to one another. Uh, there was no mistake. And we've been friends for many, many years. And when I say that, I'm not saying it for show. Uh, when I talk about our friendship, it is a real friendship. Friendship to me is unconditional. There were times in both of our lives where I know in mine, um, where I needed her and she was there for me, she and her husband who is no longer here. But uh, this is why I wanted to show up just to be in the beginning of this and say, that's my friend. And you need to know her. Oh, now you're trying to make me cry now. You I make people cry. Now you know I, listen, I don't cry cute. You <laughs> Listen, this is su this is such a beautiful, you know, in the era that we live in, where most people are all about themselves, and to see a friendship that lasts and transcended and grew over a period of time, and to say it's power in community, it's power in friendship, it's power in having uh, your new having a family, because if you have a true budding friendship. That is not just a friend. That is now your brother, your sister. And to see that you guys are supporting each other is really heartwarming. And to see it in the now in 2023 when so many people are disconnected. So to see this connection and as uh, Miss Rita calls it, soul to soul connection, I need to start using it. I love that. The soul to soul connection. So, um, Mr. Jimmy, thank you so much for coming on just to give your friend her flowers and to share um, your support on her journey. And listen, you guys, we are going to take a commercial break. But when we come back, oh, we have something in store for you with Miss Rita. She has a lot going on that you want to participate in and be able to. Uh, take part in. And so, Mr. Jim, before we go to this commercial break, is there anything else you would like to say? I want to say it's my pleasure. And I love you. You got your act together, girl. <laughs> <laughs> smart, smart and beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you, Tina. Oh, no, thank you. I love it. I love it. So you know you're welcome anytime on the Tina Raymond Show. 
you got a front row seat with Miss Rita and Neil because you guys are part of the family now. But we're going to go and take a commercial break. And when we come back, it's going to be all about the iconic Rita Graham and how she has been legendary in her music, her book, and so much more. We'll be back in a moment. The Homeschooling Interactive Magazine is a magazine that embraces and celebrates the entire homeschooling experience. Our magazine is different from all the rest because we provide beneficial information and assistance in homeschooling, business, wellness, mental health, resources, and life. We encourage you to pick up a copy of our magazine today on Amazon.com by simply searching The Homeschooling Interactive Magazine. The Homeschooling Interactive Magazine is all about impacting the world through home-based learning, helping to de-stress the homeschooling experience. Get your copy from Amazon today. Our CTR Media Network sponsors. A special shout out to our platinum sponsors, Eleanor and Leroy Mason from HappyAndHealthy.Global. HappyAndHealthy.Global is a health and nutrition business that educates and provides essential natural wellness products to build your health and wealth. To find out more of what they have to offer to you, go to HappyAndHealthy.Global. Thank you to our CTR Media Network sponsors. To learn more about our sponsors and CTR Media Network, go to ctrmedianetwork.com. And just like that, we are back. But I come along with a friend whom you might ask, the amazing Rita Graham. And we are going to discuss her amazing journey. So thank you so much for being a featured guest and coming back to the show, sharing your journey. So welcome back, Rita. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I am too. Let's jump right in because your journey is remarkable with the experience that you have in the music industry, especially in jazz and singing and everything like that. And so what made you decide? Was it something that you always wanted to do to be a singer or was it something that uh, you it was thrust upon? What was your journey on that? Going into the music. I just my, my mother was a singer pianist and my dad was a barber in Detroit and he had this big beautiful jukebox full of music and at that time I came along about the same time that I was a couple of years behind Motown and I knew the uh, so many of the people at Motown and I thought that that was our music in Detroit that was that would you know that was our music but I was listening to everything and I uh, loved classical music and I was a soloist with a professional choir when I was 11 and we had gigs. They let me sing a couple of songs, but that was enough for me to get hooked. <laughs> that was enough <laughs> to be like, oh, shoot, I want to do this. I never really dreamed of a, of a career. I, I went to college to be a school teacher and I got married. 
and uh, real, real young. You know, like when you're young, how everything just moves fast. Everything is, you know. Mm. And my my husband at that time was a gambler, and I saw this ad in the paper that said, uh, "We're a theatrical agent, and we book Negro talent." We were Negroes then. Mm. Yeah, Rogers and Rogers, and I called. And I got this voice on the phone. It turned out Virgil Rogers was the guy that was the lifeguard in the swimming pool that I used to go to to swim when I was 12. And he says, are you a singer? And I said, well, yeah, I, oh, yeah, you know, I don't know. He says, well, come. He says, and, um, and, and, and let my mother hear you, hear you because she's a theatrical agent, LeJune Rogers, just a grand soul. She changed my life. And uh, she said, oh, your voice is kind of little. You don't really have any power. She's got to go over to this, uh, like, uh, uh, voice coach and, and let him just, you know, work with your voice and all. I went to the vo voice, co voice coach. His name was Benny Jones. And we read about, because I knew all kinds of songs. I knew the American songbook. And I knew what was going on, the early things at Motown then. And I, I would just filled with, hey, there's a song, I can sing it. And he said, uh, well, look, after we ran these 30-some songs with uh, this, like I said, the American Songbook, he said, I I've got a job in Toledo, Ohio, and can, can you come and, and uh, do it with me in six nights a week? We'll be there for maybe a couple of weeks. And, and I said, well, you got to come ask my husband. And my husband at that time, Said, oh sure, fine, because he was he was glad <laughs> he was glad to be able to have his poker games and stuff because I was gone, and I stayed on that gig for six nights a week for over a year. But at that time, and I tell so many people because it's hard because we have all this electronic stuff now. It's hard for people to understand that there were nightclubs everywhere. People got dressed and came out six and seven nights a week. Wow. And there was nothing else to do. Television wasn't, you know, it, it hadn't really boomed then. You know, we're talking about the the, the mid to late 60s. And it, it just, it, there were more clubs than there were uh, entertainers and singers. Wow. So, yeah, so it, it, it just escalated from there. And then I moved to uh, Los Angeles and got a gig with a, a boogie band. Uh, and I, I never imagined in a million years that I'd be going to Australia. The boogie band got a gig in Australia because of me. Mm -hmm. I met an agent who said, oh, you got a band. I can send you to Sydney, Australia. Okay. No, like, cool. We could we could do that. And I was really blessed because my mother took care of my daughter. My mother and my wonderful mother-in-law uh, made sure that everything was straight at home. Uh, and it was just, it was a golden path. Mm. And that's where I met Ray Charles in Australia, the night before I was due to leave Australia. So my, my whole life has been magical. It's been an amazing, magical path that never really, I think, uh, as much as I wanted to make a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Mm -hmm. That hasn't happened yet. But 
I've had so many enriching experiences mm. and so many wonderful musical moments. It's 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 hard to describe. And you know what? Many people, when we, when we think of the word success, generally speaking, many people attach money to success. Like if I have this amount of money, then I am successful. But what I'm hearing from you is I want, uh, and what I want other people to realize on the Tina Ramsey show is that success does not have to equate money. Your success, which is surpassed any money amount is the magical experiences that you had. You was the how you just describe your life. That is not something that is common to be able to okay, first of all, to get married early, to get married and then have a husband during that era that say, "Yeah, go ahead and sing. Go cuz usually, you know, back in the day it was <laughs> keep you in the house okay and so you go on and then you end up meeting the band uh, um this band and then after that you get this australia gig where you meet the legendary ray charles like that's not a coincidence that is fascinating that is success and so when you measure all of that, like you said, you have all of these wonderful memories and the fact that you're a, a leading playing person within this era. And the fact that I heard you say these words that I don't even think most people actually caught. You was living through an era or you have lived through multiple eras where us, we're called African-Americans now, but back then we was called Negroes. Mm-hmm. And so, you, yeah. And you, you was able to elevate and position yourself during a dark time in our history and still come out with some wonderful memories. And so as you think about that, when you met Ray Charles, what did you think? Because I, I would think you would have met Ray Charles in the United States, not Australia. <laughs> so I didn't know any, a lot of things about him. I know that I love the music, especially the soft side of Ray Charles. You know, a lot of people think Ray Charles was a blind man just going around the world singing the blues. But there was this marvelous soft side of him. And I knew a few of those songs. So the night that I met him, like I said, I was leaving for L.A. the next day. And the show was pulling out from Australia the next day. It was just amazing, the chain of events that happened that that I even found myself in that dressing room. Billy Preston introduced me to it. Uh, Billy Preston and and the band manager at that time was was just a really, really dear friend of mine, Curtis Amy, who was all the the horns on the uh, Carole King Tapestry album, which was at that time, I mean, later on, one of the biggest uh, albums uh, ever selling up until that time with Carol King's uh, tapestry. And so uh, I was standing outside with the groupies because my friend had said, oh, we're going to go see Ray Charles. We're going to go see Ray Charles. They're all excited. It's freezing cold out there. Big old blizzard, snow and everything. And it, it, it was, an, a, a, I can't even describe it when that door opened and Billy Preston said, Rita Graham, come on in here. Uh, <laughs> I will introduce you to Ray Charles. So when I met him, he said, uh, 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 
he said he did the whole wrist thing. What 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 do you, you weigh 160 pounds? I said, you know, you do. He said, really, nobody talks to me like that. <laughs> I said, that's terrible. You should talk to me that way, talking about me talking to you like that. But he nailed it. I weighed 160 pounds at that time. I still do. Uh, but anyway, um, that night uh, after the show, the valet came and got me and my friend who was Australian. And we went backstage and he hit a few notes on the piano and he started a song that I knew. A lot of people don't realize that Ray Charles was a real tune junkie. He loved these old songs that nobody knew. And mm. I knew him. My mother had walked around the house singing the American songbook and between that and the jukebox in, in, the, in the barbershop. I had this amazing, and I still do, I'm really blessed that way. I know lots and lots of songs and poetry and stuff. And mm -hmm. I, I, did, I thought I'd never see him again. And when I got back to LA a few, a uh, couple of months later, uh, I was out getting groceries and I came home. My mother said, you better sit down. Ray Charles called and said he wants to do an album with you. So he produced the album, it's called Rita Graham Vibrations. I was just so glad and so happy to, to do that project. It's all standards except for a couple of originals. One of the originals is a Northern Soul hit. A lot of people don't know anything about Northern Soul. And I didn't know anything about Northern Soul. Before I met Ray, I was uh, uh, running around LA, excuse me, doing um, demos. And I did a, a demo called Gone With The Wind Is My Love. Now, I had no idea that Gone With The Wind Is My Love was a Northern Soul hit. These people, on the, it's right on the borderline between Manchester, England, and Wales. And there are uh, several uh, casinos there. The big one, the Wigan, W-I-G-A-N Casino, mm. uh, where they go dance. They drink beer and they dance all night to old 50s. 60s R&B records. And this record that I cut, Gone With The Wind Is My Love, and a cut from the Ray Charles album, are Northern Soul Hits. Wow, wow. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a little, just a little small taste, just a little small listen. And I want you guys to see this. And for those of you who are tuning in right now, I want you to take a little tune in of the amazingness of what Rita and Mr. Ray Charles was able to accomplish. And we're not going to go through the whole thing because you know we can't play the whole thing. But we're going to let you get a little taste. Just a little, just a little taste. <laughs> have anything to do with that that was a demo that i cut and that was a bare bones demo that wasn't the real record i don't know 
I don't know where that one came from. And I didn't know the Tiaras. Never met them. Don't know who they are. That wow. was what I thought was a dip. These things happen in the record business then all over the place. So I didn't know anything about this record until the writer was an Italian guy named Lou Barretto. Uh, got in touch with me on Facebook in 2011. I said, did you cut my record? He said, you had hit record since two, I mean, to, since 1971. Wow. Listen, I you have a very unique sound. Your voice is not something that's ordinary. And that is what drew me into your sound. And I can hear and feel when you sing. And to know that you went through all of these different things and these journeys and taking you back to when you were telling us about your story of um, back in the day when we got dressed to go to the nightclub, go to go go to the clubs. Like I remember, my grandma used to uh, tell me stories about how she used to get dressed down in sequence gowns and yes. go and go out to dance. She said, "Yes, yes, we would go to the club and we would dance and we would have so much fun. We have singers coming in. Like yes. it was an event. It was like the Oscars. Y'all would go in and be like, yes. And so, how is it the transition of what you had then? And what's going on now? What you feel that is lacking in what we have? Because we had so much soul, so much connection, so much community back then. And now, even though we still have music, I feel that the connection is not the way it used to be. And do you have any idea of why? I have no idea why. I think I think that, you know, the, the Internet is a two-edged sword. It, it gives us marvelous things, but it takes away, like you said, that connection. One of the nightclubs in um, Detroit, the Flame Show Bar, um, mm -hmm. one of uh, Barry Gordy's sisters had the photo session at the Flame Show Bar. And all these big stars came to the Flame Show Bar. And I was an opening act for a while and big tips and the place was full of people all the time. And it, it was just a whole nother ball game. People, like you said, your, your, your grandma got dressed and they went out. They, you couldn't dance at the flame though. There was like just a, a listening room. But I remember Nina Simone being there. I wow. remember that the, the music director was also the Temptations music director, Maurice King. And they were all these, uh, uh, you know, they use the term iconic, but Detroit at that time just had this whole strip of nightclubs where people were out, there were bands, there was music, and it was warmer and sweet. And I think now with the electronic, as much as I, I like the good parts, mm -hmm. I miss that, that, that camaraderie, everybody out, hanging out, dressed up, and every, even the little clubs, had um, they had a singer, they would have a band, they'd have a comedian, they'd have a shake dancer. Mm -hmm. My friend Neil Hamilton always laughs about the shake dancer. But these were girls that would put on like a little uh, bikini and had a little fringe on it. And they would come out, yeah, oh, they'd come out and the drums going and they would come out and they would dance and all that and get lots and lots of, and it was, and we, you know, we, we weren't inundated with like everything then. 
mm-hmm. with everything. It, 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 it was, and you know, and I was a kid, there was so much that I wish that I, that, that I had retained that I, mm-hmm. I didn't because I, I, I was just too busy making the money and looking at the bright lights, you know. Well, now you can pull back from those memories now and compare to our times because that was like a time capsule time in history. And I love going back and um, speaking to my grandparents when they were alive, my great grandparents telling me about all it was like Hollywood in every small town in those little nightclubs. And, and, And they, you know, they had different people that maybe they weren't big superstars yet, but they were superstars in the local area. Everyone yeah. knew them, they met them, they ate with them, they sung. It was just an amazing time when my grandma described it to me. And so, yeah. and when you telling that story and I'm seeing the smile on your face, I'm like, she has that same smile. My grandma used to say when she was like, oh honey, jeans? No ma'am, we've got dresses. Mm-hmm. Listen, my hair was done. We were smelling good. We had on gowns. I mean, heels. (laughs) Yeah, it was just a great time. It was a great time. And so um, I just absolutely love what you do and what you have done. And I want to give a little attention to our live studio audience. We have Wallace McCall the second. And I don't want to dismiss the second because it means some more uh wallace ahead of you so he said awesome show ladies you look great thank you so much for tuning in make sure to like follow share and subscribe everyone and so right now i want to go back to when you think about your life as an artist as a singer um is there any collaboration um other than ray charles that you can think of that changed your life in some kind of way that was, it has something that was memorable that propelled you to another level. Everything I did took me to another level, but I spent 10 years with a blues guy who has passed now named Sammy Blue. And we opened for uh, Taj Mahal a couple of times, but we also did a movie called We're Kings. Sammy was I.B. King and I was, what was my name? Lily, Lily King, right. I, it, it, I was thinking about Sammy and, you know, that, that takes me off someplace else sometimes. It, uh, we, we had a, a wonderful uh, duo of uh, classic old time, what they used to call back porch blues. I did Bessie Smith. I did some, um, some blues that, that nobody really hears blues like that uh, mm-hmm. anymore. And uh, when he passed, that, that kind of ended that. But I've gone off in all directions into jazz, into, uh, into pop, into soul, into R&B. Uh, I, uh, I, I was blessed to uh, originate the role of Coretta Scott King in a uh, musical, docu-musical called Selma. And we began in a church basement in 1974. And then we went from there to a Red Fox put a half million dollars into it. It needed $5 million. And I uh, was not able to record the uh, cast album, which is one of the things that that I regret in my life. I'm sorry that somebody else uh, was able to record when I wasn't because 
I was still signed to a Mike Post Productions. Um, Mike Post uh, later became uh, the top music conductor uh, on television. Uh, he did Robert Files and Hill Street Blues and A Team and he's uh, and Law and Order and he and uh, the last time I talked to him, yeah, he he's. He was a wonderful uh, composer. We made some records, but uh, nothing ever happened with it. And uh, consequently, after uh, I left uh, him and you know moved to uh, Atlanta, in the interim, before I moved to Atlanta, I worked with a marvelous saxophone player named Steve Hooks. We made a lot of records. Uh, we were called the uh, Hooks Graham Band, and we were in the top five bands in Los Angeles. And then the records at that time, nothing ever happened with them. Now, a lot of those uh, records are now on um, on the Spotify and all those platforms. So anybody who's really looking uh, for to stream uh, some of these directions that I've gone off in, <laughs> these many directions can go to the um, to those platforms and, and pull up some of the things that I've done over the years. And I recorded here in Atlanta, uh, there was a wonderful supper club. I think the last of the elegant supper clubs called the Sambuca Jazz Cafe. Had the Sunday night band there for 10 years and I recorded live there. And so that CD, uh, I think I'll make it available now that, I, that, that, that I'm, I'm understanding more about streaming, make it available online. And here it is. And this is the way, can they can they see that with the, with the, uh, Anyway, that was the way the room looked. It was marvelous. It's that, uh, yeah, it set up over 350 people. And one night in February, February 7th, it was Bobby Brown's birthday. And he and, uh, and, and uh, Whitney came in. I still, to this day, I wanted to see what Whitney had on. And she was surrounded with so many bodyguards. I didn't see what she had on, but I said, I said, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest voice of our time is in the room tonight, Miss Whitney Houston. And I saw her hand go up. I, all I saw was that. And then Bobby jumped on stage with me and he said, it's my birthday. He says, and I want to sing. And I said, oh, please, <laughs> please do. And he, he kicked off superstition. He said, superstition in G. Oh, it was amazing. I just wish that people had had, I wish that people had had a, a camera that night to catch that moment. And then the, the, the next set, I opened the next set with uh, uh, Marvin Gaye's I Want You, which is a song I do a lot in my sets, I still do. And it just when I opened the, the, the first line and I said, I want you, Bobby jumped on stage with me and I said, I want you. He said, I want you. And we did this duet and it was kicking. And I just, nobody had cameras then. And I really regret that. But this is a CD live at Sambuca, Atlanta. And I, what I, I did on this song, I mean, on this uh, project, I did two bossa novas, two jazz ballads, two blues, two originals. Um, and because I, I kind of wanted to reach uh, the uh, festival audience, mm -hmm. but that's uh, and I'm going to put this on my website for people to be able to download once I understand how to do that. And maybe somebody can help me with that because the 
my, my, my tech skills are in the Stone Age. Oh, well, we have people. <laughs> we have people that know how to do that. <laughs> okay, so the fact that you're able to do all that. And what I think when you was reading off the songs that you actually produced on this amazing CD, what pulls my attention is that you have been able to do something that very few artists or singers are able to do. You're singing in very different genres. Okay, so you mentioned blues, you mentioned jazz, and normally with the singer, um, they if they R&B, they R&B. If they're jazz, they're jazz. So, so how was it for you to be able, because I know that you said you love music and you knew all the different songs. That's why Ray Charles was so intrigued with you because you just knew all the songs that most people didn't know. And so I see that this is incorporated in all of your music. So when you're picking songs or selecting songs, do you think, okay, I'm going to sing a jazz song. Okay, I'm going to sing an American song. Okay, I'm going to sing an R&B or a jazz song. Or you do, do you just sing a song that moves you? You just nailed it. I, I sing songs that move me. And all genres, I go, I, I just crossed all these lines, but I learned that from, from RC. That That's the way Ray Charles was. A lot of people don't realize that because they heard the hit song. They, you know, they heard, you know, hey mama, don't you do me wrong. And they don't realize that he could sing. It's not easy being green and, and, and bring it to your knees, you know? So uh, the, I think that was my influence was the two years that I spent with him and listening to him and listening to his stream of consciousness. Because he would call me sometimes late at night and say, uh, uh, Miss Rita, you know this song? We'd be talking about song two, three o'clock in the morning while he's in, in Scotland or somewhere. Wow. Uh, he loved uh, music and he loved talking about song and about the lyrics and about the way that song made him feel. And it, 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 I guess it uh, maybe I I caught some of that, you know. I know you did because it's <laughs> I know you did because it's played out through your amazing CD, and I can't wait until we have it available everywhere so that people can listen in to all of those different genres and movement and inspiration through the music. Um, many people they hear me always talking about art. They hear me talking about <clears throat> music. Because I know that music and art can really touch the soul and it can move people to action. And I know the power of it. And so the fact that you're able to maneuver and be able to enjoy and also sing in so many different genres when so many artists can't do that, that is just remarkable. And so thank you for doing that with the jazz and sharing your story. But you didn't stop there. You have an incredible story of singing and being around some of the greats and also participating. They participating on your projects, but you also have a book. So what made you decide to become an author? <laughs> well, I, I was I was in Manila. I, I was working with a 16 piece band at the um, Inter Intercontinental Hotel. Mm hmm. I had an agent that sent me to um, from Tokyo to Manila to Okinawa to uh, Taiwan. It was it was a marvelous tour, and 
while, while I was at the uh, intercon in uh, Manila, the people who were taking me around, they took me to see the museum of the uh, person, uh, Jose Rizal, who was the uh, person who was a freedom fighter for, for Filipinos. And he was a medical doctor who spoke all these languages, 20 some languages. And I thought, wow, this is really great. And when I got home that night, I had a vision of this man in my room. And, it, you know, people think you're crazy when you tell them stuff like this. So it's okay. Think I'm crazy. It's all right. Uh, and he, he was, he said, come with me to the square. And I went to the square with him and he was dying. He'd been shot in the back. And I, I was so distressed. I know you've had those dreams where you just, you know, you just feel this sort of heart pounding and all that. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. And he said, it's okay, you're, you're, you're here, it's all right. It's okay. And I thought, oh my goodness. And when I realized that all of the fighting that was going on around him, that I had thought when I was in the museum, I thought these people were fighting with bows and arrows. But actually, this was like 1860 something, and they were they were shooting at each other with guns. And then I found out later on that he had been shot by a firing squad. And then I remembered that I had dreams about a man coming home with a white shirt, turning his back, back covered with blood. And I dreamed about that when I was a child, and then I dreamed about it again when I was a young bride that my my young husband had done the same thing. And I realized I've been dreaming about this man in my life. And I thought we are connected in some rare and unusual ways. So my book, Karma Rising, is a murder mystery. And it is based on reincarnation and past life, past life regressions and people remembering through deja vu and various regressions of things that happen to them as we search for the killer. It takes place in seven days, but because of the past life regressions, that's why it's such a big book, <laughs> because uh, each, each character uh, in the past life regression, uh, the question that is asked, what is in your deeper mind? What's in your deeper consciousness that is affecting your life now while they're in this light state of relaxation. And then out comes this personality from the 19th century. So it gets, it goes back through um, slavery and through all of the civil uh, war and all of the pain of the civil war. Mm, that sounds like a movie. <laughs> that sound like a movie. <laughs> yes, it does. And I had somebody who was going to produce it, and he passed. He was assistant director. Uh, Willie E. Simmons Jr. was assistant director on uh, Scarface and Color Purple and Deep Cover and a uh, dozen uh, major films in Hollywood, and he was going to produce it. But it, it was such a big story that we didn't want to put it in, it, it didn't fit into a uh, feature film length. So mm -hmm. what we have now is five uh, episodes. It's They call it a limited series. It's uh, one story in five parts waiting for 
waiting for a producer and funding and all that good stuff. Oh, oh, that's going to be good. Okay. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> all right. I hope someone watching that can do all of that and more like as she was describing the book and the backdrop on it. I mean, I could literally see all of that that you were saying in, in film. And I see it as a series, as a TV show and a series TV show. But anyway, that's me. <laughs> but um, listen, um, you have so many different pieces that you have been able to take part in and sing in. Um, and I heard that you do spoken words. So if it's, if it's anything you would like to share in spoken word, or if you feel like singing something for us tonight, then you are more than welcome to sing us a little ditty. And I'll pull myself out because honey, you need the full stage. I don't need to be on here with you when you're doing your thing. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know. That's too spontaneous. I I, I'm not ready. Uh, I, oh, I wish I had known. I thought about it. I've been thinking about spoken that. Word. I've been thinking about that earlier. Spoken word. Okay. Um, awesome. Spoken word. Um, let's see. You can read it. You don't have to say it from the memory from your memory. You can you can read it. It's your words. Oh, I don't. Oh, okay. Let me let me pull. I I, I think I can remember it. Um, this is um, a character in uh, Karma Rising. Uh, she uh, says this, um, she recites this. It's a part of a poem called A Creed. Um, the, and it's, it's only a part of a creed that uh, was written by a poet laureate uh, of England. And the poem goes, uh, I hold that when a person dies, his soul again, returns to earth arrayed in some new flesh disguise. Another mother gives him birth. With stronger limb and brighter brain, the old soul takes the road again. This is my belief and trust. This hand, this hand that holds a pen has turned from dust to dust again. These eyes, these eyes have blinked and shone in Thebes in Rome and in Babylon. <laughs> That's real class, people. <laughs> That's not automatic. That's real people. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> real people. <laughs> we, got, we got some real people up in here. Real people. That's not no automation. This real people clapping. So thank you. Thank yes, you. Thank yes. From um, sharing some of your spoken word, which is powerful, and also taking us on a journey of your life and what you're doing, and even sharing with us different plays and different things that you have done. Um, and your new book that I just see as a TV series show that can actually keep building, keep building, because it's a very riveting story where you think about your life and you've been dreaming this. Tell us some more. I see you holding it up. Tell us some more about it. Well, once, well, once I got involved in, in the idea of past lives, and then I started to compare that to, we have a section, a couple of pages in here, how that relates to the Bible. And then I realized that if you read the Bible with an eye toward life being eternal, it's all there. It is all there. 
It's exactly what Jesus came to show us. And once we realize, once we realize that and look to the things that, that, that the Bible says, and there's one quote that I say in here that I just love where, um, and I think it's in the Old Testament where um, it, it says that um, the uh, what was done uh, shall be done again. Uh, what was shall be again. I'm, I'm misquoting. I'm sure I'd have to, you know, look it up again because there is nothing new under the sun. And and once once we understand that, and and I love the words of Jesus when he said. Um, in the world, you should have trials and tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Then in another place in, in the Bible, it says, uh, Jesus Christ in you, the miracle that's been hidden for the ages. So th this is an energy that, that we all share. And I've got this wonderful TikTok from uh, Terrence Howard, where he's speaking at Oxford. And I, and I had it in my phone, but sometimes my, my phone... Uh, cuts things down. It doesn't really uh, tell the whole thing. It's only a few uh, seconds long. But he's saying uh, that energy just reboots itself. It just he says, take no, no, no uh, curl, uh, concern about your life and worry about your life because you've done this a thousand times. He says, and it's just really incredible that um, he would be perfect for <laughs> for a character in, in uh, Karma Rising, but I, I don't know how to reach him. And then they tell me that he's retired and he's not he's not doing uh, acting or anything anymore, but he'd be perfect in this role uh, because this character, it, it just fits him. And I have a pitch deck done by my uh, writing partner in Oklahoma, uh, Ms. Mary Boyle, Seven Stage Productions, Seven Stages Productions. Uh, and she... Uh, she has done this amazing pitch deck that is like uh, just the cast of characters uh, and who we would uh, hire once we get funded for the various roles in Karma Rising. So we're holding out a lot of hope. Oh, it, it, that's amazing. So thank you so much for sharing all of this with us and also if you want to learn more about the amazing Rita Graham of course she is an icon so you can find her on YouTube and everywhere oh, <laughs> so, yes you can find information about her and tell us how if individuals want to get your book how can they get your book oh it's on Amazon but it's going to be a um, it's going to be a um, audio book and um, about three weeks, it may take that long because I, I don't understand the tech. And uh, my my writing partner, uh, Mary Boyles, is uh, she's I mean she's on the case, and I'm loving uh, the way that it's turning out. And I think the audio book I'm going to make it available on uh, Amazon as well. But right now, for people who like to read, it is on Amazon. And you have to say uh, Karma Rising by Rita Graham because I changed the cover and Amazon said, oh, this is a second edition, but it, it really is the same book. But it's, uh, the first cover was different from this. And the uh, guy who did the uh, poster for, um, for Black Panther, he asked me, he said, well, how are your book sales going? And I said, eh. he says, that's because this cover shows that it is not 
a murder mystery. And so Mary Boyles and I conceptualized this cover and I love the way it turned out. Oh, okay. Well, that's some back end. That's one of them cliff notes that we didn't know the change of the cover and why it was changed so that you guys can know what it's about. Well, some of what's about to draw your attention in. So make sure to check it out on amazon.com. And like Miss Rita said, very, very soon, they will have the audio version of this book available as well. We hope Amazon, but do you want them to go to your website? to be able to get some updates? Or do you want them to go to Amazon for all the updates so in regards to your book? Amazon right now, because I don't know how to up, I don't, I don't have the tech to understand how to update my website. So Amazon for now, please, because uh, like I said, going to my website is like, hmm, I don't know what's on my website. So <laughs> thank you for this opportunity. I really appreciate it, Tina. I'm enjoying every moment of it. Oh, I'm enjoying every moment of it. So let me give some shout outs. We have some people on live. Hello, Curtis. Thank you. Hello, Sheila. She said she loved this. You guys make sure to go to support her on Amazon and hold the book up so we can see it again. So they can see it. There really good. is the book. I, I never know what you're saying because I can't see it. Am I holding so, it? Yeah, you holding it right. And so you guys you can go pick that up if you want to get a riveting story of going through different eras in time and how the characters survive. Who knows? Who knows what happens? If you want to know what happened, then you got to buy the book to know what happened. And it's about the amazing Rita Graham. So I'm excited. I'm like, man, I'm ready for the movie and I'm ready for the sequel. <laughs> oh, thank you again. Oh, someone said, are you on LinkedIn? We got some people from LinkedIn. Uh, listen, you guys, tap on in. She wants you to go to Amazon to get her book. Uh, I don't know if Ms. Reed is on LinkedIn, but I definitely know she's on Amazon.com. So make sure that you guys go to Amazon.com. Let me show you guys the cover once again. This is the cover. This is an amazing story about going from past lives and transitioning. And this is, as Miss Rita had described, something that she dreamed about. And so she was able to put this in a story and that you can uh, really understand what's going on. It's a suspense mystery and it is a five part limited TV series. And we are saying the film, the TV series will be coming soon. We putting it out there in the air. It's coming soon. So get ready. But until then, get your book and stay on, put your phones on, on notification because very soon they're going to be dropping their, um, audio version of this book so that you can be able to listen to this book very, very soon. And hopefully it will be on Amazon. Okay. And so let me pull that off the screen and let me see someone else comment. Oh, Dr. Janice, she said, we'll do. Okay. And when you do take a screenshot and we'll post you on the Tina Ramis show for supporting the amazing Rita, Rita Graham and getting the book. Okay. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, Miss Graham, Rick, thank you for everything that you contribute to our legacy of music from jazz to American music, to the blues, to sharing what you do and also taking us on a journey 
of your life that was not, I like, you know, sometimes I make up words, happenstance. This was not a coincidence, some things that actually happened in your life and how to see it going full circle. And now you have this amazing book. You also have your CD. Hold it up again so people can see the CD. Oh, there's the book and there is a CD. That's Rita Graham Live at Sambuca, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And there were five Sambucas around the country, and I, they had uh, they all had music uh, seven nights a week of mm-hmm. jazz, and it was an amazing experience because they were like a lot of people said, well, since it's a cafe, you know, they were thinking maybe concrete floors, you know, wooden tables and stuff like that. And uh, I found uh, the, this photo of the way the room looked uh, at that time and. It was an amazing experience. A lot of wonderful artists would come through there. They had a heavyweight series. So uh, we had uh, Chuck Mangione was there, uh, Chucho Valdez. Uh, the last time I saw Ray Charles, there was a private party there with RC and I had a chance to just to hug him and sit on his lap and let him know how much I loved him and always will. Oh my goodness. Now, these are the stories that you never see on movies, that you never, like, she lived it. This is no, she lived it. She was with Ray Charles. She, they had this relationship where they shared music and, and just supported one another. And we just met her amazing friend, Jimmy, in the first part of this segment. So this is amazing. So, oh, thank you for our live studio audience, uh, Sheila Hill. She dropped the link to the book in the comments. Boy, I tell you what, the Tina Ramsey Show supporters, boy, y'all be on it. You pulled that link. <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is this today was a, just a miracle. I just to see Jimmy, to see Jimmy Cameron again. And listen, my story is nothing. Wait till you hear what he has to say. Because oh. they had hit records that he wrote uh, songs for Barry White. It, had a big, massive hit that was sampled by 50 Cent. He, I mean, he's crossed genres all over the place. And he's still a lovely, lovely human being. Oh, love it, love it. And Sheila said that you have some amazing experiences. So thank you, Sheila, for dropping her link to her book. And you guys make sure to go ahead, order, 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 and let me know. Order yeah. me because she made it very easy for you to click and buy. <laughs> All right. So, Ms. Rita, thank you so much for stopping by the Tina Ramis Show and giving us some of your time and sharing your amazing story and also sharing in the beginning your amazing friend, Jimmy Cameron, your friendship and showing how true friendship still exists. It still yes. exists. It is thriving. Yes. And it's just a beautiful thing to see. We had an amazing time with all of you. And this wasn't a coincidence. We were meant to meet and collide just at this time, such as this. So I appreciate it for you coming on to the show today. And thank you for all the contributions you made to history. <laughs> hey, I appreciate you, Tita. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow you and I'm gonna be listening and watching what you're doing and keeping up because I have a feeling that you are going to educate and 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 inspire millions. So keep going, oh. girl. Ooh, now you know you just put a word on my heart tonight. So thank you so, so much for pouring into me. See, 
I told you we have some of the most amazing guests on the face of the planet that comes on the Tina Ramsey show that's truly making a positive impact. And they're some of the most humble people with all these accolades and they still down to earth and humble wanting you to walk into your purpose and your dreams. So on that note, you guys, if no one told you this on today, let me uh let me let me pull you out. Rita, if if, if anything else you want to share before we uh close out. I, I, I think I've pretty much covered. I, I'm 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 so all inspired by by this moment and Jimmy coming in town and introducing me to this this situation and this these lovely lovely people and it's like all of a sudden I I, I don't know I, I was supposed to do a concert the uh, the other night here in uh, Avondale Estates and this big storm came up and 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 it's it's like all of a sudden. The sun and the rainbow. Uh, Neil Hamilton took this marvelous photo of rainbows, and this was like the rainbow has materialized to be able to have this time with you. And I thank you. I thank you. Oh, I thank you too. And you're welcome back anytime. With and keep us posted on all your different projects. And I know that series, that movie, that show is coming. So you need to come back once it drop, once it launch. So thank you so much for being the featured guest on the Tina Ramsey show. All right, you guys, that was so amazing. You know, for us to come live and bring two shows back to back, it had to be something remarkable and incredible. And as you can see with our three guests, yes, our three guests that we had today, all of them have an incredible story of innovation, inspiration, creativity. They're all iconic and they show love and they have the true meaning of what friendship really is. Showing you, showing you and you and you that true friendship really exists, love still exists, and you can go and walk into your purpose and your dreams. So if no one told you this today, that you are amazing, that you are worthy, that your life is valuable, I'm telling you this. And I want you to know that I love you. And you know what I'm about to say. Until next time, what do I want you to do? I want you to what? Keep smiling. I'll see you next week on the Tina Ramsey Show. Okay, you guys. Thank you, Sheila. Make sure that you like, follow, and subscribe to our show. And make sure that you tune in to all the other amazing shows that's on CTR Media Network, because this is not the only show on CTR Media Network. We have about 30 other podcasters that are pointing to you and they have in incredible guests as well. Make sure to book their show today. And if you would like to be a featured guest on the Tina Ramsey Show, just click the link and we will get you featured on season nine. You guys have an amazing rest of your night because you know it was time for you to come share, shine and grow on the Tina Ramsey Show. i see you guys it's a really great experience on the Tina Ramsey show. I felt like she really asked some valuable questions that can help a lot of people, especially in regards to monetizing. And so the vibe was great. I honestly wouldn't mind coming back on again if she invite me. And I felt like the conversation just flowed. So I am super happy and I can't wait for the show to air on every single platform out there. And thank you again
OTR Media Network is now accepting new podcasters to join our growing network that's reaching 350 million global listeners. Have you heard? CTR Media Network offers podcast production, podcast training, distribution, and product placement. Book us for your next event or schedule an interview with CTR Media Network podcasters today. To learn more, go to ctrmedianetwork.com.